This episode is brought to you by my upcoming free five-day Jewish Money Makeover Challenge. It starts Sunday, February 11. I will be with you live for five days on Zoom to walk you through the Jewish Money Makeover that I and so many have used to build a rich life. If you've been feeling like your financial life needs a makeover, then come on over. I will help you out. Join me for this five-day challenge completely free at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. That's yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. Jewish Money Matters episode 365, ensuring financial security in our communities and for our soldiers' families before tragedy strikes with LifeShare co-founder Ari Rosenstein. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. For the people that have nothing right now, mm-hmm. no more excuses. In five minutes for 25 bucks, that's what it costs to start in LifeShare. You go to the app, you go online, and you sign up. It's self-service. At the least, give yourself a basic protection of a quarter of a million dollars. That's the basic mm-hmm. plan, $250,000. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. get to that. It's not enough for a full life insurance policy, but it's, it's your average fundraiser. It's your average GoFundMe, two fifty dollars to $500,000. It's your emergency fund right there. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. <laughs> give an emergency so that you know, God forbid, you have to go. God forbid. The community knows that for the next few months, you've got something. And it's not a GoFundMe that you don't know how much you're going to raise. You don't know how long it's going to take to raise it. It's a busha. It's a bazillion for the family. Their kids are on Yeshiva World News. The wife's, you know, they always have the picture of the family. And they look. Ah, yes. It's just, it's it's not nice. <laughs> it's not Thank it's not you. a nice way to go. And um, there's, you know, I follow these campaigns and many of them never make it to their, their goal. They stretch on for months. The family doesn't know exactly how much they're going to end up with by the end of the campaign. So this, all this is, is it's an immediate way to provide that fundamental stepping stone of financial security to a family. How many charity campaigns do you receive a year having to do with someone's spouse passing away, leaving dependents in a financial bind? My guess is one too many. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Today, we're in conversation about something we can all be doing to help every Jewish person in our community who might be financially vulnerable due to not having life insurance or being underinsured. I'm talking with co-founder of LifeShare, Ari Rosenstein. LifeShare is a global peer-to-peer community where members make a commitment to provide financial support to fellow members at a time of loss. How does it work exactly? How does it differ from life insurance? Why isn't it an alternative to life insurance? And yet, why do we all need to come on board, if not for ourselves, as a sponsor for others? LifeShare is a revolutionary idea that I hope takes the Jewish world by storm. No, it's not a Ravim and it's not Karen Yachad. And today we learn how LifeShare is completely different and very much necessary. Not only is this conversation relevant to every member of the Jewish community, even those of us who do have life insurance, but it is timely. Today we can enroll soldiers with dependents who are in battle and help ensure that should they fall in battle in Eretz Israel, God forbid, their family would be eligible to receive up to $250,000 in immediate financial aid. Immediate, that's right. 
Ari and I talk about how immediate is immediate, how do sponsorships work exactly, and why Live Share is one of the greatest acts of love for our fellow Jews, including our soldiers, our neighbor, our kids, teachers, Rebbies, and more. Here's Live Share's co-founder, Ari Rosenstein. Ari Rosenstein, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Yael. Great to be here. We've been talking, Ari, about your latest project, Life Share, for a while. I think the first time that we started talking about this, I want to say it's almost a year ago. Possibly could be, right? Um, yeah. And you've launched this project last quarter of 2023, despite the war, um, which we can get into a little bit later on. You're the founder, co-founder of Life Share. Life Share is a community-based peer-to-peer, financial security. I don't even know yet how to describe it. You're going to help us really come to terms with this new revolutionary idea. It's all about helping each other before tragedy strikes. It's something that we could say complements life insurance. Ari doesn't substitute it. It's also very different from different services like people might be familiar with a raving And we'll get to all those details with you today. But what I'm really interested in and to start as a starting point is I want to start with the personal impetus, Ari. Why start this project? You had a career. This is something that you started on the side. You're a father, you're a grandfather. What was it that moved you so deeply that you got immersed into what is now live share? Right. Great question. Um, my background has always been in sales and marketing. I'm, uh, I like to talk. I like to present. I'm very comfortable. I'm speaking in public. So uh, when I went to Yeshiva University and majored in, uh, communications, I uh, got married, moved off to California, and my father-in-law was a big businessman. And um, I worked for him. I worked in various uh, companies in different um, capacities in sales. I became the VP of sales, eventually made Aliyah. And, um, Life was growing really well, and I was not looking for uh, for a change in a career. I was, you know, very comfortable in my Parnassa, uh, work-life balance, living at home, working out of my home office. And then about a year ago, um, somebody approached me uh, with more than a year ago, maybe two years ago, with this idea of making this community project. And at the time, I really, really wasn't interested in... Uh, I, I didn't feel I was an entrepreneur at heart. I had like I said, always just been an employee, maybe an executive, but never really took on my own initiative. Right. And my own, yeah. And I was happy, you know, and things I was learning and I, my, my kids and everything was good. Um, and I don't know, to this day, I don't know. I, I, there's a, there's a phrase in Hebrew saying, uh, barosh, which means like, I shouldn't put some bug in my head. Mm. And, um, I said, maybe, maybe there's more till my life. Maybe there's more I can contribute to Claudius Yisrael. Maybe there's more I have to offer than just being an employee my whole life, you know, sitting at a computer and doing sales and marketing. Like maybe there's more out there. So my friend approached me with this idea and, um, the impetus I think was a, a constant, um, flow of these campaigns, these orphan campaigns, these GoFundMe campaigns. And, you know, some people have the reaction of like, you know, why don't these people have life insurance or why are they turning on the community? Other people like, oh, another, another tragedy. And, 
you know, you can only respond with your heartstrings being pulled so many times. So right. um, when when my friend approached me, he was more on the tech side of things and he's a software programmer and he, he had this idea of creating this online virtual community, but he he was just a techie and he didn't really know how to build the company. He, he, he said he needed a schmoozer. He needed somebody to help market it. And so I said, I'm right, marketing. You know, that word stuck in my head a little bit. Um, but just, just, just put the whole thing together. So, you know, I said, let me, let me think about it. And, and long story short, I just started working with it on the side and it just became, it was a side thing. I was still working for my, my, uh, father-in-law's businesses and I was doing marketing. Everything was fine. Um, and I just started spending more and more time on this little side project. And then Hashem had it all worked out because, uh, in uh, March of last year, March of 23. So almost a year ago, um, um, the company I'd worked for for 15 years uh, was sold. My father-in-law mm-hmm. sold out of the business. He retired, and um, I moved over to the new uh, the new owner for a brief amount of time. But it wasn't a very good working relationship. So I started to see, like maybe that door that Hashem opened for me was, you know, as he shut that, he had pre-opened one before. And you know, there's a phrase that Hashem gives the rafua before the maka. Right. And now looking back, I really felt that like he had set me up in this position. It was a side project. It was something I thought could really be helpful for the community. I was just really doing this for my friend to help launch this initiative, but I never, I never imagined. I didn't know that it would ever become a full time thing. So when um, when I was let go, uh, it was era of Rosh Hashanah. It was literally two weeks before Rosh Hashanah this past year. Oh. And uh, let's just say that that davening was different than all my other davenings because you know until that point for the thirty years I had been in professional business, it was like thank you Hashem, great Parnassa, please keep it going, copy paste. Let's just do this again next year. You know, go God. You know, and it was. It was it worked. It worked for a long time. Um, this year, I lost my job, and um, all of a sudden, I actually became that entrepreneur that I never thought I would be, that I never mm-hmm. expected to be, and never anticipated. And it was exciting. It was scary, um, but it was invigorating. And it basically said, for the first time, I had done a LinkedIn post like a week before Rosh Hashanah, and I said, "This is going to be the first time for the rest of my life that I'm not." embedded to anybody else. And I'm going to mm-hmm. create my own destiny with my partner and Hashem's bracha should be there for us, but that I was going to create my own path. And then knowing I was doing something for the cloud, knowing something that this was going to be good in the world. And it wasn't just, you know, I was selling human resources. I was selling insurance. I was selling nursing homes. I was selling rehab, you know, good. It's a parnasa. Everybody needs to make a parnasa. But here I really felt like finally, it could be it could be meaningful. It could really be significant in the community, and not to mention the global potential. The literally the, the global opportunity uh, was very exciting. So that was it. So uh, we jumped in uh, September last year, right after Rosh Hashanah. Um, ironically, I'll just uh, I'll conclude this piece of it with this. And if you want to ask another question, ironically, uh, the summer was like leading up to this this community campaign, this community awareness mm-hmm. that closer to Rosh Hashanah, all the community leaders I've been speaking to and the rabbis and the organizations were all like, you know, we're getting close to the Chagim. We're getting a little, let's just talk after Sukkot. Right. Let's just talk. Everything just hold. We'll talk after Sukkot. Yeah, yeah. And then October 7th. And then, you know, everything, everything went crazy. So, right. um, you know, that, that was kind of the next phase of the Right. And and we'll get to that because fortunately you did get to talk to these individuals and LifeShare has been endorsed by numerous 
great people in our community, really big leaders in the community are behind this project. So now let's tell us about the project because it's so unique and revolutionary. <clears throat> I really want to get to the details of it so that people understand how sure. this is not life insurance and it's something that everybody should be on board with. Right. So, like I said, the, the, the initiative for this were these GoFundMe campaigns. So mm-hmm. um, there's there's really, until this point, two ways to take care of your financial future, right? You're, this is your world. Um, you have a, a significant life insurance policy that, God forbid, something happens, you leave that for your family. Uh, the other option is you don't. <laughs> and Or you, you're underinsured. And that's another problem that we face, that people took out a life insurance policy 20 years ago when they had you know, two kids and a rental and they never look back at it. And now they've got a mortgage and six kids and it's nowhere near what they need. So the only other option is then, God forbid, if somebody passes away, the community has to come together and the rabbi needs to get a parlor meeting of, of, of Askanim in the community or you go a GoFundMe and, 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 and there's this like scramble to raise the funds. Mm-hmm. So some people say, well, just why are you doing this whole project? Just sell life insurance, push life insurance more. And I'm like, that's great. But it's been for 20 years, 30 years. It's been projects in the communities and in cities and yeshivas and organizations have been pushing and pushing and pushing. So there's a certain reality that the world needs to face, that there will always be a gap between the insured and the uninsured. There is always Mm going to be a gap. And that's a whole piece of the conversation of why. Why doesn't everybody just buy life insurance? We'll get to that. But what we felt was that all of the reasons why people don't if we could remove those barriers and provide some level of financial security, emergency financial aid, not a multi-million dollar Yerusha that'll set the kids up for the next 20 years, but just something to help the Almana and the Somim get through the next six to 12 months. Menuchas and they know there's something there without the troubles of going through a life insurance and calling the broker and going for the health exam and making the financial commitment and all those excuses why people don't. Mm-hmm. They're wrong. They should, but they procrastinate right. and they procrastinate. And next month, and it's not urgent. I'm not going to die anyway. So I'll do it next month, next year, next and year. Life next gets year. busy and you have another kid and then you move and then you change jobs. And, yeah. and then and then the finances become tighter and then businesses aren't always doing great. And everybody's life you do people yeah, life, life is life. busy god yeah. makes us be busy with good things but right. uh you have to you think have you, have life to, <laughs> you have to think ahead you have to think ahead so so basically we said okay if there's a community of people that we're doing this anyway we're doing these after the fact frantic um you know uh, unpredictable unreliable um, you know, I'm interrupting your life by sending an email and calling a parlor meeting. And like, I hate to say it, but you know, it's going to happen, right? People are going to pass away. People, everybody passes away. Some pass sooner and some pass later, but it's going to happen and it keeps happening and it keeps happening. So we said, instead of just waiting and pushing more insurance and pushing more insurance, we said, let's go backwards. Let's start a new approach. That approach is let's go to the bottom and say, for the people that have nothing right now, Mm-hmm. No more excuses. In five minutes, for 25 bucks, that's what it costs to start in LifeShare. You go to the app, you go online, and you sign up. It's self-service. At the least, give yourself a basic protection of a quarter of a million dollars. That's the basic mm-hmm. plan, $250,000. Mm-hmm. $250,000, we'll get to that. It's not enough for a full life insurance policy, but of it's course. 
It's your average fundraiser. It's your average GoFundMe, two fifty to four five hundred thousand dollars. It's your emergency fund, right there. It's an emergency. It's an emergency. Give an emergency so that you know, God forbid, you have to go. God forbid. The community knows that for the next few months, you've got something. And it's not a GoFundMe that you don't know how much you're going to raise. You don't know how long it's going to take to raise it. It's a busha. It's a bazillion for the family. Their kids are on Yeshiva World News. The wife's, you know, they always have the picture of the family. And they look. Ah, yes. It's just, it's, it's not nice. <laughs> it's not, Thank it's not you. a nice way to go. And, um, there's, you know, I follow these campaigns and many of them never make it to their, their goal. They stretch on for months. The family doesn't know exactly how much they're going to end up with by the end of the campaign. So this, all this is, is it's an immediate way to provide that fundamental stepping stone of financial security to a family. So how does it work? When you sign up online, it's very easy. You basically make a commitment and you say, listen, I hope I never need this. And that's the psychology. A lot of people are like, it's never going to happen to me, but it happens to anybody else. I commit to be there for them before before tragedy strikes. That's kind of mm-hmm. the, the tagline we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Let's be there for each other before tragedy strikes. So I make a commitment that anybody in this global community in LifeShare that passes away, I agree to make a small financial contribution. It's about $30 mm-hmm. when that person passes away. And when we have thousands and thousands of people in the community and everybody chips in $30, we collect a quarter of a million and we pass it on to the family. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. exchange for that commitment, you're protected as well. God forbid, you should never need it. And you should never want to have it. If you have life insurance, it could be supplemental. If you have it, you could waive it. It doesn't matter. But you're making right. a commitment for everybody else. And right. this is classic, classic Kol Yisrael Revim Zebozeh in a, in a digital world where I'm committed to you and you're committed to me and I'm committed to him and he's committed to me and he's committed to you and you're committed to him. So it's something that we just say, why do we have to wait for the tragedy to strike? And then I've been using this line a lot, unfortunately. I mean, the war has brought it to everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. The Jewish people are amazing at chesed and achdus after the fact. In response, we're excellent, reactive, reactionary people. Mm-hmm. We will send thousands of duffel bags and make barbecues for soldiers and send money on a, on a, on a national scale or on a personal scale. We're always reacting. Mm-hmm. So there's a phrase, Chacham Enov Barosho. You know, you look, Roas and Olad. Look at the, we're going to have these, Chasvisham, these incidences. Why do we need to wait when it's a scramble? And it's, so let's be proactive. Right. You're asking us say, to be proactive. Be proactive. I think the last time I was talking to somebody about this, that Klal Yisrael was proactive, was at Harsinai. Uh, <laughs> we got the Torah. Everyone thinks we had Achdus because we got the Torah. No, it's the opposite. We got the Torah because we had Achdus. Right. That's what the Chazal say. We only got the Torah because of Arvus. I said, let like you know, since since our Sinai, think of any time when the Jewish people came together that wasn't reaction right. to tragedy. Right. Three boys get kidnapped. There's Muffin. a murder. There's a Mayron. There are all these tragedies. And we're excellent at Achdos and tragedy. So I'm like, that's what we're trying to propose right now. Let's not wait. We know these tragedies. Start. And guess what? If the tragedy never strikes, we've lost nothing. Right. You don't pay. You we're, don't not, pay. we're not taking a penny. Right. We're not charging monthly fees. There's no fixed premiums. This right. is not a policy. When there's a tragedy, it's just let's call it a proactive fundraiser that we've all agreed to commit to chip in 
from the beginning. So. And let's talk about that financial commitment because it really is minimal. It's $25 for the annual membership. So at a minimum, I'm committing that every year I'm uh, as a member, I pay $25 every year. And in the event that one of the community members passes away, then I will be paying a small amount. You said around $30. Mm-hmm. It has to do with the, with the, with the, Policy that I not policy that's not the word, but right. the, the, the protection the that I signed up for, right? right? So there's so, basically so, so. sure there's two there's two basic plans. Um, there's a very very basic one which is a hundred thousand dollars. Now a hundred thousand mm-hmm. is really nothing, but right. for it, 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 listen in Israel, and I'll tell you about this in a moment. The you know the the, the chayalim the you know the soldier campaign, but for a young newlywed couple with one kid or no kids, a hundred thousand dollars, especially in Israel, where a salary, you know, thirty forty thousand dollars salary is very acceptable. That's that could be a couple of years of of support. Right. So if you choose a hundred thousand dollar payout when you go, God forbid, you contribute fourteen dollars. That's all. Fourteen as what we're calling a mutual aid contribution. So that contribution, which is very important, I would point out right now, is staka, according to Gudolim that I've spoken to. Because meaning it's, it's nicer. Meaning you can take it out of nicer. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's going directly to a family that needs it. Um, I don't get the whole soccer Usher Weiss. The question I proposed to him was, well, what if it's a rich family and they're in the community and they have a multi-million dollar policy and that father or mother goes and the community chips in to give them the money. So why is that nicer if they don't need it? They're not a poor family. Mm-hmm. Why would that be considered staka? So, so Rav Ashwaiz had, had a very brilliant insight. He says that by and large, the average family that will be in this program to take money out needs that money. Right. And on any individual death, which we wouldn't share the name of the family anyway. Right. I don't know who I'm giving the, the those correct. $14 he who they're says going to. You can rely on the fact that every family that takes it needs it, and you can count it as my sir. So yes, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I, I really do. Now, but to clarify for everybody, uh, my membership is not my MISER because again, my membership includes that I'm signing up to get that $100,000 plan or $250,000 plan, whichever I choose. But what I pay as a mutual aid commitment, that really is MISER. You're right. Your membership is $25. So that's, right. yes. Right. But yes, that, that 25 is just your membership. That just goes to keep the company running software and marketing. Okay. The actual mutual aid payment, the $14, or if you select a $250,000 payout, which is what most people are choosing, mm-hmm. that's $32. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So $32. If you do the math, it's basically communities of about 7,000 people, around 7,400 yes. people. Okay. That gives you the 32. Now it's never going to be exactly that number. So if as the communities grow, we're simply going to be collecting from the number of people that we need to collect the 250,000. Mm-hmm. As communities grow to eight, nine, 10,000, God willing, it's Hashem, then we're going to split it into smaller communities and then they're going to be their own standalone communities. So again, as we launch, it's a global Jewish community. As it grows, our vision is to have a, a New York community, a Boca Raton, Miami community, a Los Angeles community, an Israel community. It could be geographic. It could be demographic. It could be a Chabad mm-hmm. community. It mm-hmm. can be, uh, I was talking with Ellie Beer from United Hatzalah again before October 7th, um, to make a Hatzalah community for Hatzalah right. members and spouses right. and family members. They're there for one another. Uh, again, we'll talk about the soldier community in a minute, but right. 
Um, those those contributions go directly to the family. They're counted as staka. We don't hold money. We're not investing money. We're not playing with money. It's not a it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's not an investment. We have zero balance. If there's a death, we charge and we pay. And and so yes, so it's it's not life insurance. It's not a substitute for life insurance. It's not. A, and by the way, now that you mentioned the investment, I just want to clarify: when Ari and I talk about life insurance, we for the most part mean just like a simple term insurance policy. No investment, no whole life insurance policies. None of that. You've heard me talk about this on the show. Okay, so it's not a substitute for that. You've given us the details. We have we put twenty five dollars down. Then depending on the plan that we choose, we're either going to be contributing fourteen dollars or thirty two dollars. And you've had your actual your geniuses over there in Israel do the whole math <laughs> yeah. and determine that you need 7,000 members in a community. Um, number one, based on that, how many payouts do community members expect to make a year? And number two, you just launched this in 2023, Q4 of 2023. How many f- members do we have now? And I want you to be honest because I really want every single member, every single listener of this podcast to really take this very seriously and help us get to those first 7,000. Right. Okay. So let's go to the first question. So the act, the entire platform, the entire program was based on projections. I hate to say it, but mortality rates, you know, right. It's an interesting dilemma because, you know, we know Hashem and Hashkacha Pratis and he, but we have to work on statistics right. and averages and data, how many people die in a population. Okay. So we have two very important factors which determine the mortality of our population. Right? Mm-hmm. The first factor is we are only writing, allowing people up to the age of 65 to join. Okay. So you may only receive a payout if you are under the age of 65. Two very obvious reasons. One, over 65, the mortality rate goes up significantly. 70, 75, 80-year-olds, we can't have them being paid out while we have 30-year-olds in the pool. The other reason is that this is an emergency financial program. This is to provide support for the family with dependents at home. I sure hope that a 65-year-old's family, the 40-year-olds are not dependent on the 65-year-old's income at that time in their life. So it kind of loses the point. You know, they, they may have teenagers still in college. You know, the younger kids may still be there. Okay. But it's a different stage in life. And that's not that's but, not yes. our, our purpose. Okay. So first of all, under 65 reduces the mortality. And number two, mm-hmm. we do have a, a detailed health questionnaire. So it's mm-hmm. not an exam. It's not a medical test. There's no blood test. But it is an honor system questionnaire, which we've spoken to several people about this that by and large your average person will not answer, no, I don't have cancer when they have terminal right. cancer. Like, so that's another question. What happens if they lie later? That's another question. But mm-hmm. we, we ask if anybody's been diagnosed in the past five years with any life-threatening illness, such as cancer, heart disease, multiple sclerosis, whatever. There's there's mm-hmm. 10 or 11 questions that our actuary proposed that we, um, we ask. Mm-hmm. So- if there are no life-threatening conditions in the averagely healthy pool of population under 65, the mortality is about one death per thousand people mm-hmm. per year. One per thousand per year. Simple math. If we're looking at about 7,000 people, we're looking at about seven estimated deaths in a year. Mm-hmm. On average, again, we're talking about 40, 50, 60-year-olds. So those types of deaths, again, God forbid, 
there are the unexpected, the accidents, right. the aneurysms, the heart right. attacks, the crash, like things that are not, you know, an 80 year old that dies from old mm-hmm. age. It's, it's something mm-hmm. that's an emergency that again, the family wouldn't expect. You know, the guy's 45. We've heard so many of these stories that God forbid, you know, they pass away, unexpected heart attack. How did that happen? They didn't have life insurance. Now they've got five kids at home, right? So out of a thousand, seven deaths a year, it's one every other month, a few times a year. It's not, it's right. not every month. Okay. So right. do the math. So let's say it's seven deaths a year times $32. So it's about $220. Right. Plus 25 for the membership. It's $250 a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paid out in small little $30 increments. It's really, right. really. And, and helping, important. and helping many quote unquote campaigns. Whereas Correct. you might have probably contributed to one campaign, $250. Exactly. Not every campaign that go, comes our way, unfortunately, we contribute to because we do, we do have other tzedakah responsibilities. Right. Um, you know, I to comment on that point. That was a very, that's a very, very important point. Um, I was, uh, I was once speaking to a businessman about this project. Mm-hmm. He actually said to me, he says, you don't understand what you have here. I said, okay, what do you mean? He says, all business <laughs> people are looking for a return on investment, right? If you've got a thousand dollars to invest, you don't want to put it away in 10 years and take out a thousand dollars. That's not an investment. That's a one to one. So I propose like this. Let's say I'll use easy numbers. Let's say it's $300 a year that you'll be paying to be part of this community, regardless of your two, may you live to Admeva Ezrin. But you're going to exactly. give $300. Okay. So he says, if you have right. $1,000 to give to a GoFundMe campaign once a year, that's pretty nice. Once a year, you're going to give $1,000 or $500 two times to do. So what is the return on your Tzedakah investment? It's one to one. I have a thousand dollars of Tzedakah. I gave it one time to one family. That's what I get out of it. He said, look at your model. If you have $1,000 to give, that means you could propo- you could support you could sponsor, we'll talk about sponsorship in a minute. You could sponsor mm-hmm. three families. You could sponsor three families at $300 a year. Right. Equivalent to three quarters of a million dollars because each family is 250, right. 250, 250. So right. your $1,000 is generating $750,000 right. of financial security. Mm-hmm. God forbid those families should go. They get a quarter of a million instead of year one. Right. So looking at it that way, and it's stuck, of course, every payment is stuck. I think the, the biggest challenge is just making the awareness and the understanding of yeah. how it works. But yeah, the, the numbers are, are very, very small. Um, it, it, it's it's really is a no brainer. And, 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 and given like you told us before that the barriers to entry and any resistance that we might have, you know, like you described our busy lifestyles before, you've reduced significantly. You just mentioned, okay, there's a questionnaire, but people, come on, everything has a little questionnaire. Right? I've done the testing a hundred times. It takes five minutes. It takes five minutes on your phone. Like while you're in bed, you could, you could, you could sign up. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's very, right. Cool. It can't get any easier than that. Now I'm really curious about the sponsorships. I think this is a beautiful aspect of this. Um, how does it work? I'm particularly very interested about in sponsoring an institution, let's say the Hanhala of your local yeshiva or day school. I mean, there's all sorts of different ways that we could, you know, um, use live share in a way that really helps our community. So talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. The, um, the under, there is an expectation that there are always going to be families that can't afford 
life insurance. All right. Mm-hmm. So as much as you ask and request, and I've spoken to many, many institutions, many organizations, many Askanim with all these ideas of how to provide life insurance and chip in on the premiums and to get discounts from them. At the end of the day, they still need to go through the sign up process and they're making a 30 year commitment. Let's call it about 30 year term life insurance, right? That's right. 30 years times 12 payments. Again, psychologically, I'm never going to need it. So in this mm-hmm. program, we say, let's take a backwards approach. Let's say you've got a, a hanhala or a machanchem or a school or a staff or local tzedakah organizations that support families. They mm-hmm. just can't afford life insurance. They just can't. So I've gone to many organizations, whether it's Achiezer in the Five Towns or, or JFS, Jewish Family Services in New Jersey, or local Kupa Shaltzaka in Big Shemesh. And we said, if a family would pass away, a, a father, a breadwinner in your community support would pass away, how much support would you need to gather in order to now take care of that family, right? Mm-hmm. So there's hundreds, hundreds of families in each community has it. So recognizing that not everybody's going to be able to afford it and that God forbid, should they die, we're going to the communities and we're simply saying, support your local community, support your local institutions, support your local yeshiva. So by sponsoring a member, same exact cost. So you want to sponsor your son's Rebbe in Cheder. It's $25. You put on your credit card and through our system, it generates a code, a coupon code. And that code mm-hmm. is going to be sent to their institution of choice, which they'll put in when they apply. Okay. They register. That gets sent off to the institution. Let's say they want to sponsor five, five or bam. Let's make it easy. Four or bam, a hundred bucks. That's it. It's a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That code will go to the institution. The institution can then determine who they want to, uh, maybe it's by seniority, maybe it's by children. Mm-hmm. That's up the institution to determine how they're going to distribute those those sponsorships. But mm-hmm. once that member comes back in and signs up and they join LifeShare, they're protected. So that mechanic, that Rebbe, that family is going to be in the community. They put in their sponsorship code. It zeroes out their charge. So now they've joined the program for free and it's going to be stuck off from the sponsor. So when, wow. God forbid, there's a death, if they sponsored four people, mm-hmm. so their card would be charged $128, 32 times four. That would be the charge right. that that sponsor would have to take. This conversation is so important and so good. But before we go on, I want to make sure you'll be joining me for my free five-day Jewish Money Makeover Challenge starting Sunday, February 11th. Check out the details and sign up at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. a beautiful idea, Ari. I wanted to land for people because it's again, it's so powerful. Like, let's let's play a scenario. Let's say I love this idea. And I say, you know what, I doubt that the teachers in my local day school or my local yeshiva have insurance. I, I just doubt it. Maybe I confirm it with the board or with the principal and I just know it. 
uh, or maybe there are, some of them might have, but they're underinsured. And I say, this is a very nice project. What do I do? I go to my friends and I say, um, you know, there's this thing. Let's go. Let's go meet with the board or let's go meet with the principal. Like, like, tell me, what does it look like? How does it look like? Okay. So what we've started to do, we meaning me and I have a, a partner who's been helping me just communicate to communities since it's a lot of, a lot of, I've, I've realized how big the Jewish world is. There are lots of institutions and lots of schools and yeshivas. And it's, <laughs> Baruch Hashem, every block in the, you know, uh, Teaneck and Pesach. And, and a lot of people who care, a lot of yeah, people who yeah. care and who are happy to be proactive if we're presented with the right idea. <laughs> so we've gone to the institutions and we spoke to the, 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 the head of school or the, the manahal, the principal, and we basically asked them to communicate to their families that they have, they have, they are now participating in a new Excuse me, a new life, a new initiative called LifeShare mm-hmm. to provide mm-hmm. finan- emergency financial support, you know, God forbid, in the event that somebody passes away and that mm-hmm. they encourage their parent body to sponsor a teacher, to sponsor a Rebbe. They, that, that coming from the top becomes mm-hmm. very powerful because now the school itself says we are not that they're endorsing us or they're even supporting us it's they're they're in the program but they're the recipients mm-hmm. of the program so mm-hmm. that if they go out to their families and say we would encourage you a to join this because it's also in the school's best interest and the community's best interest to have as many people on board as possible so that mm-hmm. if there is a death it doesn't fall back on the community's shoulders to fundraise mm-hmm. so a the community but b to support and sponsor their their, their teachers that's something that that any any school and anybody can do on the individual level mm-hmm Again, when you sign up, it says right there, do you want to sponsor an individual? You click the button and a a field opens up. Name of the institution, name of the city, how many sponsorships would you like? Mm -hmm, That's it. mm -hmm. It'll generate a code on the back end. We will then communicate with that institution to say, and they say, what's LifeShare? We never even heard of it. Then we'll tell them, this is the program. And we have Mm -hmm. four sponsorships available for your school Mm -hmm. to decide how you want to uh, um, distribute those sponsorships to join to join LifeShare. Other schools have looked at the cost of sponsoring all of their staff, uh, paying the $25, let's say, and then asking the uh, the teacher to, you know, cover the, the $32 uh, payment. Again, it's very small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's just, um, it's just human nature to procrastinate. Right, and right. Yet- but what, I'm, what, what I'm hearing is we don't even need to ask the school to make the financial commitment. We, the parent body, can make it for the school by Correct. sponsoring the school and Correct. starting to pull money so that their staff could get to be in the life share program. That's the most the most skeptical response I get when I contact a school is like, so what do you want from us? Exactly. And that, I'm like, no. It's what do you want from me? And I'm trying to be, I'm not raising money from you. I'm not asking you for any commitment. All Mm -hmm. I'm asking you is to communicate to your parent body. It's a Mm -hmm. new concept. It's a new program. Uh, We understand it's somewhat disruptive to the classic life insurance push or GoFundMe scramble. Right. I said, all I want from you is to communicate to your parent body, to introduce this to them, maybe put into a school newsletter, maybe put into the kids' backpacks when they go home. But it's in your best interest because if we can get parents, A, to sign up for themselves or B, to sponsor your staff, we're all protecting each we're other. All winning, exactly. We're all we're winning. We're There's taking no- care of each other. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, Ari, if somebody in the audience um, 
already has adult children who maybe are starting their life. Maybe they just got married. They haven't gotten around life insurance, or maybe you suspect your adult children are underinsured and you've, you've had a conversation with them several times about life insurance. It hasn't apparently got you anywhere. Could you enroll your children into life share? Yes. Exactly. I, I want to be very clear. And this entire conversation is, not, again, you've said it. I want to repeat it. This is not instead of life insurance. If you are 30 years old and you are in good health, you can get a, a $2 million policy for 50 bucks a month. So Correct. do it. Okay. <laughs> Please do, do it. it. <laughs> now, that still doesn't mean you shouldn't join LifeShare to participate and to, to contribute help. Exactly. and to help and to sponsor. And you could waive the 250 payout or you can take the 250 payout. That's your choice. Right, right, but right. To participate means you're just being mechazek, you're strengthening the entire, the entire community. So exactly. the answer to your question is yes, that you can sign up for yourself. Um, I have a married daughter. I have two grandchildren. I doubt my daughter and son-in-law have taken out life insurance yet. So on the one hand, they should. But on the other hand, I can give them a gift and I can mm-hmm. sign them up. And when I go in the sign up, like I said, click the button of sponsorship you can name individual people. You could either mm-hmm. choose an institution. You can name nobody, meaning I'm just going to sponsor somebody and then I can go to a local Chesed organization and say, we have sponsorships available. Mm-hmm. Or you can name the individual. I want to name my daughter and my son-in-law. They'll get an email saying, you've been sponsored by LifeShare. Click here to join. Because they still need to log in because right. they still need to register. They still need to... I can't sign. I can't sign you up. Right. I could pay for you, but... You need to assign beneficiaries. God forbid you go, who gets your money? Exactly. Uh, you need to answer your health. I, I can't, you know, God, I don't want to say me, but you know, you can't sponsor your child who has cancer. God, you know, God forbid they, they still need to go through the process. So um, mm-hmm. I could pay for you. I could give you a, a sponsorship code, but the individual will still then have to go and, and sign. You mean there's a level of adulting we still have to have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's everyone's like, what? I have to, I still have to click a button. Ari helps us, but come on, people. We have to be adults. Yeah, <laughs> lead, lead the horse to water, but, you know, to get them to drink it, it's like five emails and six reminders to get the click the button. Yeah. So, Ari, only last year, I think I mentioned this before, that I come across somebody mentioned, uh, no, we don't have life insurance, but we have something called a Ravim, which, you know, has a tremendous amount of merit as well. Um, again, not a substitute, um, to life insurance. Um, I've heard it's very popular. What you do is different. Maybe because I know the tendency is, oh, I know what this is about because I know a Ravim or I know Karen Yahad. Karen Yahad is in Israel, right? What is the difference? I want you to highlight it very clearly for listeners. Okay. I, I, I'd highlight three fundamental differences between the programs. Okay. First one is those are what's known as orphan fund. And I would mm-hmm. add unmarried orphan funds. Mm-hmm. The primary purpose of Arevim and Karen Yachad is to set aside money for orphans when a parent passes away for future usage. For weddings, for purchasing apartments, or for some extra expenses that is not immediately available for the family. There are some guidelines that the spouse can receive some of the money up front, but it's pretty small. I think it's maybe a hundred thousand dollars or 150 or mm-hmm. but the, the, the primary focus of those campaigns are for the orphans for the future. So if you have a 10 year old kid, and God forbid a parent passes away, a raven can hold that money for 
10 or 15 years Mm -hmm. before it's available to the kid, right? right? So that's most fundamentally our vision and mission right now is immediate financial aid, no questions asked. We're giving the money to the family to survive the next six to 12 months. That's And before you go to the second difference, Ari, sorry to cut you off there, but when right. we say immediate, how fast are we talking about? We're, our objective is 72 hours, three days. Once we have uh, obviously death certificate verification, and if we have any questions about the death, to pull medical records, if we have any any questions. So immediate um, is immediate, people. That's a pretty... We, want sh- we, want to, we don't want to wait till the end of Shiva. Right. We don't want to wait to the end of the ship. Beautiful. Up, you know? Some of these GoFundMe campaigns, they don't even get them set up until, you know. End well, the you have to have a little bit of a head to even start writing the paragraph and look for the pictures. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, those it's, are very painful. It's so, very yeah, painful. we want, we want, we want immediate. We want three days, 72 hours. The family knows. Don't forget, Chavar Kadisha bills. You want to send the body directly to Israel. It's like 25. So, on the, in NASC, you know, then that's Chavar Kadisha, 25, 30,000 dollars right. for burials. Right. Well, that money you need immediately. So you put right. on your credit cards. So we, we want to be able to immediately fund to fund all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the second significant difference is financial need. Mm-hmm. Raven has a Vadra Banim and they assess the financial need of the family. Mm-hmm. So whether it's at the time of the death or the time that they request the funds, they actually ask for, and I've spoken Personally, the people with Aravim, they get financials from the family. They ask for, you know, tax returns and income statements. And if they deem it, the conditions on the website are somewhat vague. It's if they deem the, the Vadra Banim will determine the financial need of the family and make the payout accordingly. So I've spoken to many people who are on Aravim or Karen Yachad who say we don't, we never expect to receive any money. Hmm. They don't, they have a job, they have a mortgage, they have life insurance, and they wouldn't qualify. So for them, it's stuck up. They're just giving stuck up to oh, orphans, wow. which is fine. But it's a concern. I mean, again, I have a first can case of a, of a, of a, of a whatever parents were divorced, mother died of cancer, and the Raven found that they had an apartment in the, in the kids' names. And they're like, you have an apartment, so we don't need to give you, you funding. You have assets, can, right. You have assets, sell the assets. So that can also be quite uncomfortable. So, um, in our model, there's no, there's no financial, you know, you're in, if you, if no you're, questions. you're in, you're a contributing member of this community, God forbid you pass, you have all the rights. We don't ask, we don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. The third difference is the payments, um, because a Raven pays per orphan and kind of hard. A lot of these families have lots of kids. <laughs> the payouts are significant over time. Mm-hmm. So the people that are contributing to our Raven are basically being charged Every single month. I think right. it's uh, 42 or $52 every single month. Uh-huh. Pretty much forever because they're constantly collecting the funds. Oh, so wow. I don't get into trouble for this. I don't mean this in a negative way, but people understand the idea of a Ponzi setup. I don't want to say Aravim is. It's not. No, right. But the money they're collecting today when a father passes away is being used to pay for a wedding of a kid whose father passed away. Like social security, right? Right, right. And 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Right? Money that you need is going to be paid off in the future. So I personally spoke to Ravusher Weiss about this and I asked him about Aravim and the differences between what we do. I have it on recording. I asked him, could I record it? He is very much in favor of us over Aravim. And he said, because they take the money, they invest it. Right. It goes places. We don't know what the investments are, how they do. 
he's not comfortable with that. And it's not very transparent. Again, I don't want to knock a rave him. It's an amazing organization for poor family, you know, lives in, 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 in Lakewood and the father is a, uh, you know, a mechanic and they died with six or seven kids. A raven will supply them. Yeah. You know, you're going to marry off your kid one day, but, but, but the point here is what do you do tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like this, and this is where something like life share comes in. Yes. Um, again, like we said at the beginning, it's not long-term, it's not replacing a life insurance policy. Right. It's not giving you money to marry off your kid in 10 years. It's so that you can find a footing until you can rearrange your life and find a new way to get yourself financially secure. Correct. And the 250, I just want to point out, we've spoken to two different accountants. It's tax-free. I mean, it's gift. It's considered a gift primarily because it's coming from thousands of sources of $30. We're just, we're just aggregating and giving it, but we aren't making a $250,000 payment. We're aggregating. So it's tax free. So if you do the math, three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars gross income, nets right. you the two fifty. But that's pretty, you know. Even yeah. in America, you know, four hundred thousand dollars salary is not a bad income for a family right. to right. live on for the year. So right, right, right. No, no, no. Again, it's, it's, it's it's not really... a million. It's not. It's not two million dollars. It's not right, right. But it right. provides the basic sources that we want to alleviate the pressure from the community alleviate the pressure from the family, give them a stepping stone, and just know that they've got something coming to them immediately, God forbid. Mm-hmm. And all those years that they've contributing, and this is also something fascinating about life insurance that I guess I'll address the, uh, you know, the elephant in the room is like, why don't people just buy life insurance? Just go buy life insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously, tell us. Just go buy life. So, and I'm not excusing why you shouldn't. I'm saying why people don't. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is because we wish everybody I may have the Esrim Shana, right? right? And we mean it. We never want to think about, I want to talk about the soldier program in a moment. We never want to, like, right? We don't want to talk about dying and the famous question of Ishtadlos and Bitachon. And we know, we know all that. But I'm not really going to die. So, okay, it's the responsible thing to do. So I'm 30 years old. I'll take a 30-year term life. I know I'm going to pay 30 years of premiums and they're just going to go to the insurance company's profit and I'm never going to see it. What a waste of money. I use my health insurance. I'll use my homeowner's insurance. I'll use my car insurance. I'm never going to use my life insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. In our model, Mir Tzashem, you lived to 65 and you outlived your community. You can look back on 30 years of tzedakah. It's beautiful. You haven't profited an insurance company. You haven't wasted a penny. The only time we've charged your card is if a family needs that money and a father passed or mother passed. And if they pass away and you've paid that money, you don't begrudge. I've helped company, you know, families for 30 years. So it's a very, very different attitude of being involved in the community, supporting families. $30, you know, one feels that it's, 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 it's a brunch. It's a brunch at Starbucks. I get nothing. Not even right. Right. Nothing. It's nothing. But it's stuck on and it goes to those, it goes to those families. So I think, again, that's one of the big psychological differences we're trying to promote here that, um, that don't think you're going to look back and think you've wasted your money. It's, it's Um, beautiful. Let's talk about the Chayal initiative. Um, suggest the Chayal initiative. What is that all about? Okay. So, you know, we, we, we had to take a step back, obviously, once the war happened and the entire world was focused on Israel and the, the dis- displaced families and the chayalim. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, um, two, two chayalim, uh, I don't have to say the names, but two, two 
um, reservists, Miluim, two reservists uh, with wives and children passed away. And the families started GoFundMe campaigns. They started GoFundMe campaigns because this situation, they didn't have a sufficient life. I don't know if they had at all. I don't know the family's you know, situation, but they obviously needed the money. One was literally GoFundMe and one was go through another organization and they needed to raise money. So I was talking with my partner and I said, you know, we've stayed away from the war, like not to touch it. But I said, you know what? The need of somebody going to put their lives on the line in order to protect us, to protect Klal Yisroel, Yes, uh, duffel bags and beef jerky and barbecues are wonderful and they're needed and we need the chizuk and then we, you know, as we say in Israel, the idud, you know, the support. Yes. But, you know, if, if somebody, God forbid, dies and the Israeli government does give a small stipend to the family, it's a few thousand shekels. It's, it's mm-hmm. not enough to live on, but it's something. I said, why don't we, just like we talked about before, sponsoring your school or sponsoring a family, let's sponsor a Chayal's family. Such a beautiful Let's program. enroll the Chayal and their family into the Life Share program. And if people want to give to Israel and they want to give, and they, I've gotten some pushback in general Life Share. They're like, well, the timing isn't great right now because everyone's focusing in Israel. And, you know, this is like, you know, sponsoring your local community. I don't agree to that, but that's, you know, some of the mm-hmm. sentiments. So I'm like, okay, but this is supporting, literally supporting the Chayalim and giving them the gift of their family, the gift their of family, life. right? And it's again the, the pushback of well, don't you know, al don't talk about that. Don't enroll a chayal, meaning maybe they're going to die, right? Like, yeah, but everybody who buys life insurance, and maybe they're going to die, right? The same excuses. Don't enroll the rebbe in the yeshiva because maybe he's going to die. You know, you know, we have to face the reality that people are dying, and um, ironically, the statistics of the chayalim dying is lower than your average population. Because we have now hundreds of thousands of active soldiers, and, and I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to say only two hundred soldiers have died, but statistically, it's very, very, very small compared to your average heart attacks and car crashes right. and drownings and aneurysms. So, right. yeah. um, to know that a family, God forbid, would be left to God again, I hate to say it, but God forbid, the, the chayel passes away, that we're looking for people now to sponsor. Uh, groups of Chayalim, you know, sponsor 10 Chayalim, sponsor 20 Chayalim. Again, it's $25 to get them in the community. It's really such a beautiful gift then, uh, that you yeah. can do. That It's it's really so amazing. So I I, I have I have, enough, I have a few more questions and one I don't want to forget, so I'm making a note here. But before I get to that one, um, because it's left over from before, I want to talk about Bitachon a little bit, Ari, because you just mentioned before Ishtadlus, your own journey as you, we started this conversation of really seeing, oh, maybe Hashem really wants me to do this. Right. I do remember from a friend of ours that you are a student of Bitachon. You've been learning Bitachon, I think, for a while already with texts like the Gate of Trust and maybe others. Um, and so I'm sure that impact that really had a, yeah. a strong influence on the decision and how this change of being 15 years working for somebody and getting your paycheck and now being on your own, I'm I'm sure it had an impact. Now, you probably have heard, I hear it all the time. um, If I have bitachon, then I don't have to have life insurance. If I have bitachon, why do I have to have life share and, I, and we can answer that easily by saying, but you want to help other people because that's really a, the, one of the biggest, um, beautiful points of, about life share, right? It's the community, but let's address it, um, for the skeptics right. in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, 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 it's a very simple answer, but it, you know, it's a lifetime of work, which is Hashem knows everything and Hashem plans everything. But the fact he's put us in this physical world means he's expecting physical action and physical activity. Um, the classic bitachon is not, I expect everything to work out the way I want. Mm-hmm. Bitachon is, I expect everything to work out the way Hashem wants. Mm-hmm. And that may not match what you want, but that's okay. That's what Hashem wants. And he's the loving father. And he knows exactly what is best for us in our lives. I mean, even this, I'll be open to the audience that, you know, we started this. We just launched it uh, about a month ago. It's been very uh, difficult. It's been slow and um, we're self-funding and it's, uh, you know, we're in debt and, um, you know, it's, it's very, very slow. And we've gone to many sources and money and funding and, and invest and non-investors and stucca. And we haven't been successful yet. So if anybody mm-hmm. out there would like to talk to me, I'm happy to talk. But every time I get a no, I said, you know, that's, that's what Hashem, that's what Hashem wanted. I'll give a quick, uh, quick Torah, if I may. Please. Uh, from Parsha Shmuel just a few weeks ago when, um, you know, the Mephorshim asked, you know, everyone was in Mitzrayim, you know, we're seeing this, let's say today, how are we going to get out of this mess? Right. There's no, there's no clear answer to this mess. Ad Mashiach. We don't know. Mitzrayim, B'nai Israel, 200 years in Shibud. How are we getting out of this? There's no way out. And then all of a sudden, Moshe is born, you know, to Amram and Yocheved, the Gedolei Hador. And this boy, the son of, you know, uh, you know, Moshe Feinstein ends up in the, in the White House. <laughs> he ends up in, and everyone's like, this is it. This is the Gula. Obviously, Moshe's going to grow up. Power's going to die. Moshe will become the king and he'll let us free. And what happens? Moshe gets chased away. For 60 years, he doesn't come back. And they're like, well, that didn't work out that we, uh, the way we expected. That was like such an easy gula. Hashem had it right there. Who's he, writing like, this script? This is right, not the like, way it's going to play out. Like, it's supposed Hashem to play out. blew it. Like, what did you, you blew it. And then Moshe comes back and he, you know, Pakod Yifkod and everybody says, oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. And they believe they do the Simonim. And then what happens? Power's like, get out of here. More hay, more tsara, you know, kotzeruach. And they're like, this is not the script. So before she asks, why? Why is Hashem playing games with B'nai Israel's emotions? Why is he doing that? Just so it's to teach the lesson that we're living in today, which is that the script of the world and the script of our lives is not the way we think it should go. Mm-hmm. It's the way Hashem is building a Muna. And every time there's a dip and there's a challenge and there's a hurdle, it's another way to be machazik that Amuna to say, I'm going to believe despite. I'm going to overcome it despite. It doesn't mean it has to go the way we expect it to go. It's the way Hashem expects it to go. And if you take him as the guy writing the script and you look at the Chomesh, of course it all ends up well. I know this is going to all end up well. I know, Claudius, we, we know the end of the story is going to be a good ending. How many twists and turns it takes along the way? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in everybody's life, I think that's how Bitochon and Hishtablus go together. You need to do everything you need to do to be successful. But right. whatever turn Hashem takes you on, trust him that he got, he's got your, he's got the script. And he knows where you're going to end up. And you don't need to worry about it. Just just keep doing what you're doing. And one way or another, we'll, we'll talk next year and we'll you know see where we are. Exactly. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a challenge. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's the, it's the, a yid can plan. A yid shouldn't worry. You can plan. You can buy your life insurance. You can do it. You, you, can, you don't have to worry. Now, yeah. I'll add something to this beautiful message you just gave, gave us connect to life insurance. There's also like, it's all, like you just said, you open the homash, you see the end of the story, you know it all worked out, right? It's all going to work out for us too. The question that sometimes we have to ask ourselves, not sometimes, all the time, where do you want, what role do you want to play here? Because mm. if you're joining something like LifeShare, 
you are now in the agent, you're in the active participation of that Geula for those families, right? So right. do you want to be passive or do you want to be a participant in bringing Geula for those families, which ultimately means Geula for everybody else? So just to tie right. it in a little bit to life share, because I, again, I just think it's such a powerful platform. Yeah. Ari, I, I want to ask, I didn't preempt you, but I do this with almost all my interviews. So I hope you don't mind. I usually end the show with what I call Jewish money matters fill in the blanks. And this is the part of the show where I'll give you an open ended sentence and you'll finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you up for that? Okay. All right. Let's play the game. Okay. And then I will ask you my other question that I keep, I keep making a note and I keep forgetting. Okay. So let's do jam. Let's do Jewish money matters fill in the blanks. And then I'll get to my other question. When I give Meister or Tzedakah, I like to give to. So my, uh, my, my son-in-law learns in Kolo and, uh, uh-huh. my two grand, my grandkids, you know, the father of my two grandkids. So as long as he can continue to learn and I get this chus of having, uh, him wow. learning. And, um, so I support, I, I support my, uh, my daughter and my son-in-law. Um, but I, I give, I give to local institutions. I know you had Donnie Fine on the show and I give to his stucca. Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, um, uh, opportunity. Yes. Um, but local, local, local stuckas. I mean, listen, in Eretz Yisrael, your, you know, your, your home and your community and living in Eretz Yisrael. So, um, it's, it's pretty diversified. Like I keep an Excel spreadsheet of all my stuckas and it's, it's, oh, it's, wow. it's over the place. It's, it's all over the place. But, um, I'd say first and foremost to my, my, my son-in-law and daughter and then to, uh, local stucca, uh, chesed organizations. You know, I'm very happy that you said that about the spreadsheet. I'll tell you why, because I always tell people, like um, you said tzedakah, but I'm just going to bring it to Meister specifically. I tell people your Meister is something that you actually have to track. Like if you, if you don't know that you're giving that minimum 10%, chances are, you know, just like we overspend when we spend with a credit card. If you just are estimated, chances are you, you think you're, you're overgiving, but really if you did the math, you might be surprised. So it's nothing, it's something that we don't play around with. So, so open a spreadsheet and keep tabs and make sure. I'm going to actually- give a, I'm going to give a public plug. I have a, an older brother who lives here in Israel near me, who is a programmer and he has an app. He has a Miser app. It is Let's for the first hear time. It. It's available on both the Google store and the Apple place or oh, the play store and the Apple store, whatever those are called. Um, but uh, it's exactly this. You plug in all your income and your expenses and your Miser and uh, I encourage everybody who wants to keep track What's of it. What's it called? I think it's called the Meister app. The Meister app. Yeah, I think I think I saw it on LinkedIn. I think I saw it on LinkedIn not Could recently. Be. Maybe it was Could you be. who were sharing. Somebody was sharing. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, Very happy you shared that. The Meister app, everybody. Go check that out. Yeah. Um, I'll be talking to your, was it your brother? My brother, yeah. My older brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd love to make more money because? I want to... I want to, I want to live a, uh, I want, I guess, I, I mean, I don't, it's a bad thing to say a stress-free, a stress-free life. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to give where I want to be able to give. I want to, um, I came from a middle-class family, grew up in New Jersey. Uh, my wife grew up in uh, LA and, and Beverly Hills. So we're slightly different, um, you know, and I, I want to be able to, you know, give her nice things and not argue over how many hours the housekeeper is here in the house. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm naturally the, uh, you know, the more thrifty, thrifty, and she's a little bit more on, you know, the non-thrifty side of things. So, um, and we also love to travel. You know, we're very close to Europe. Israel is a beautiful location. And reason number 98 to live in Israel <laughs> is that it's a two hour flight to Italy and to Greece and to Europe. So, uh, we do love to travel. So if I had a little extra money, I, I think we would see more, uh, more of the world and appreciate the, 
appreciate the world around us. Very nice. Something I wish I'd learned about money growing up is? Um, it's okay to spend it. Mm, that's a good it's one, okay. yeah. It's okay. It's, you know, uh, I, I grew up in a very frugal home. And um, I think we overreacted sometimes to, you know, exactly how frugal you need to be. My mm-hmm. mother, God bless her, lives with us in Big Shamash, and uh, <laughs> she's still quite frugal. And uh, <laughs> my kids watch her. I think it's a good lesson. And then I, you know, I temper it a little bit, but yeah. um, it's okay to spend money if you have it. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that's okay. It, it flows. It's coming, people. <laughs> it's flowing. It's flowing. Don't be reckless or irresponsible, but it's okay to spend. Yeah, I mean, like even like on Shabbos, like my wife's very big on what you spend on Shabbos, you could spend on Shabbos. And I'm, right. you know, I'm still naturally more, uh, more frugal on that. And she's like, right. you know, get the nicer piece of meat. It's okay. You know? <laughs> I'm still learning. 30 years of marriage. So, uh, keep, keep opening that Shabbat Dach on Ari. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I said, let me get my job back on track first and then we'll, uh, you know. Ay, ay, ay. You yeah. know, it's daily work. Money, spiritual or physical? Oh boy. I mean, it's definitely both. Um, yes. I think, listen, you're, you're spending money at the end of the day has to have a purpose. I mean, when we dive in, uh, on, on, you know, Sarasame Chuva, you know, cause Vayna Besefer Chaim, you know, it's, 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 it's not like, oh, don't kill us this year. You know, it's when they talk about Chaim Amitim, real living, real life. And when you have a beautiful home and you do Hachnasas Archim and you can get the nice foods and you can give the tzedakah, you could host the parlor meetings or you could just feel like a mensch and, you know, your clothes. I think that that's all part of a spiritual experience. And um, if it's done with the right kavana, living a life of bitachon, then I, I, I think that that physical can very, very quickly be raised you know, to a spiritual, you know, if you and your husband need to get away and connect and you could spend the money in a nice getaway, uh, that's, you know, it's, it's mechazek. It's, it's, uh, it's a good thing. I don't think it's a problem to have the money, uh, if it's used in the right way. A hundred, a hundred percent. Something I splurge on unapologetically. I'm scared of the answer because you told me you're frugal. <laughs> there has to no, be something. Uh, unapologetically. <laughs> I am frugal. Um, I would, well, I love, well, I don't spend anymore. I mean, I, uh, mountain, I, I love to mountain bike. Sometimes Ooh. I'll post on LinkedIn. I do mountain biking, big Shemash, beautiful hills. Uh, so I do have an expensive bicycle, but I've had it for like eight years. So <laughs> I oh. splurred eight years ago, but I'm traveling maybe again. If we would travel, I would spend my money on, I just, I, we love the world. Um, we love nature. We were in the Dolomites and, um, just love to travel. So if I had money to spend, I'd probably. Very nice. Very nice. Today I'm most grateful for. My family, uh, beautiful kids. My wife and I celebrated our 30th anniversary and uh, we invited wow. our, thank you, our, um, our kids and our grandkids were here for Shabbos and they made a beautiful Shabbos for us. They cooked and prepared and they made a Malava Malka and it was, we we're just like, you know, I don't know about anything going on right now. We are, and our, they all live nearby. They all live in Israel. They all live near us. And um, we're very, very grateful for our, our family. Nachas, nachas. My husband says, we're like, this is the life. Grandparents, like this is what we have to look forward to. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'll post the pictures of my grandkids. They could be, uh, they could be booba dolls. <laughs> um, finally, um, Ari Rosenstein, I believe Jewish money matters because Hashem's given us an achrayus in the world and, uh, money does make the world go round. It does. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you're living a life of, of poverty and, and stress and, uh, and you don't have comfort to focus 
on your Vodas Hashem and on Chesed. It's, it's a, you know, you, you read these stories of people that it's money matters because you need to it be does. able to live a life of Avodas Hashem. And by having the money properly used and focused in the right way, I think you become a better Jew. I think you're able to focus your Avodas Hashem in more, in a more calm and, uh, you know, comforting way. Beautiful answer. And you're definitely helping us do that with life share, allowing us to not just protect our families in the event of tragedy, but really help others have that tranquility in, in, in what could be a very tense and trying situation. Before yeah. you tell us, Ari, where we can enroll, where we can sponsor somebody, et cetera, et cetera. I, I do want to ask you about current membership because I know we want to get to these first 7,000 members. How far are we? I really want everybody to really look into this, consult with their partner, their spouse, and really get on board with us in this program. All right. Thank you. So we are literally just starting right now. Um, We turned on the registration, not the fourth quarter of 2023, like the last week of 2023. Mm -hmm. So it's really just been a few weeks. We literally have like 100 people, 101 or 200 people. We're just just starting. We have not actually done the major marketing campaign yet. Um, I did start in some of the local papers and and, in some of the cities. Shows like this, email communication from schools and shuls. Uh, We're doing a big long now in LA. It's coming out. Uh, Boca, I had a meeting with the Boca Raton Vadra Bonim to promote it. And it's just, just starting the, the soldier sponsor soldier program. We just finalized this week. Mm-hmm. So we need to, right. We need to go. And it's important to realize that until we have a minimum threshold of people that it can't actively go live. So exactly. Exactly. To sign up. So let's materialize this to all the listeners. I mean, we have thousands of listeners here. Really, we can help this initiative start start helping everybody in the community. God willing, Mashiach will come. Nobody will need it. But in the meantime, let's do our part. Also, I should add that if anybody is hearing this interview and wants Ari to maybe come and talk to somebody in their community, you've been doing a lot of traveling, Ari. You've been speaking to a lot of communities. I'm sure you're okay with people contacting you about, right? By the way, your line that you just said until Mashiach, Moshe Weinberger from Ash Kodesh in Woodmere said that exact same line on his video. He goes, Ooh. we should never want this, but until Mashiach comes, we know there's exactly. So we, we he, have to do what we yeah. have to do. Exactly. Exactly. All right, this is so part of a, making it happening, people. This is yeah. part of making Mashiach come, helping Amen. each other. So it's very easy. Um, the website is simply lifeshare.community. Okay. That's it. Lifeshare.community. Not come. Lifeshare.community. The registration is right there. The sponsorship is right there. Everything is right there. It's a very simple, lots of questions and answers. There's videos explaining it, the details, the background, the percentages, the expectations, the what ifs. You know, are we an insurance company? How do we differentiate from our Raven? All the questions are there. And then the sponsorships uh, as well, part of the process, uh, the sponsorships. Yes, yes. and the sign up button. And it's really a very easy process. Ari, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. This is a phenomenal project. I wish you continued at Slacha. And um, really, I'm looking forward to seeing the growth of this beautiful project. Again, until Mashiach comes. opportunity (laughs) to talk about it. And like you just said, we should never need it. But if we do need it, we should all be there for each other. Thank you. Thanks to Ari Rosenstein for stopping by. To learn more about LifeShare, join the community and sponsor a member or members of your community, including a Chayal, a soldier in battle today in Eretz Israel, 
head over to lifeshare.community. Please share this episode with your spouse, your friends, your community members, and let's get moving together and grow this community. Let's be proactive in helping others before tragedy strikes. I knew this was a perfect conversation for my audience. As I know already from being seven years with you, this is a group of smart individuals who are dedicated to improving their lives and the lives of those around them and real action takers. And it makes me very proud to hear from the audience, to hear from you, how you've taken positive action on many of the things that are discussed on this show. So thank you. And of course, thank you for being here and your support. And speaking of action takers, you'll want to know that this coming Sunday, February 11th, I will be hosting my free five-day Jewish Money Makeover Challenge, and I want you to be there. If you know you could use a makeover, well, come on over. This event is always packed and has all the good vibes, all the good money vibes. I will be with you live on Zoom for five days straight, teaching you the Jewish money secrets and actionable steps to build a richer life with clarity and confidence. And of course, I'm going to make it super fun and incentivize you to take action through daily homework, price incentives, and more. So check out all the details at yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. That's where you enroll also. And if the time doesn't work for you, do not worry because you'll be getting the daily replays as well as a chance to fully participate to get in on those daily raffle prices. I told you I would make it fun. So yes, you can come. You don't have to be there live every day, although it's always fun if you are, but you'll be getting the replays and all you have to do is head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash challenge. I'll be back this Friday to answer your questions. If you want to send those in, you know where to find me, yael at yaeltrush.com or DM me on Instagram. Have a great day. 